Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode, episode two, rolling right along of the Tigers Today podcast. I'm Tony Paul from the Detroit News up in ice cold Michigan. Chris McCoskey is joining me from much nicer Lakeland, Florida. This is uh, February 23rd, 2023. Spring training is in high gear. Chris, um, I guess uh, you're just coming off the field. What, what's the storylines today? I heard Spencer Turnbull through today. Yeah, he did. It's the first time he's faced the live hitter since June 4th, 2021, when he struck out uh, White Sox hitter in the fourth inning. <laughs> And we hadn't seen him since until today. Um, man, it, it's just it's it's a really good to see him out there. It's really good to see him pumping. His first pitch was a fastball. I blew uh, Jonathan Scope away with it. Um, he he went one inning. Uh, Austin Meadows got him for a hit. Left-handed hitting. Austin Meadows got him, but he made short work of uh, Javi Baez and Scopey. And um, stuff was coming out. He's ninety-four, ninety-five. The two-seamer had that nasty movement that he always has and you know it, it just was so he was so relieved to to be back out there and, and healthy and i just i didn't think about it till today but fact is he think about this jake rogers was catching him today both of those guys were in rehab together last year spent the whole year in lakeland basically rehabbing neither of them have ever used a pitch com neither of them have never used a clock a pitch clock so you put those two things together for the first time in his first live BP, first live facing hitters in, in 19 months. There's a lot going on there today. <laughs> and he handled it pretty good. He said he Spencer is no fan of the uh, pitch clock, especially in, in, the, in the fact that, you know, if you're in a windup, you don't, pitchers can't step off. Right. If you, if you get, have to shake or you get the sign late and you don't, you can't, you either have to eat, you know, eat the ball, just take, take a ball or you have to make a pitch that you're not totally con- committed to. Um, and that's a, that's a disadvantage for a pitcher. Um, and batters can step out once per bat. Pitchers in a windup cannot, like, they can't call timeout. And uh, it, and I didn't think about it in those terms, because when, you, when you're in a stretch, you can you can step off. you got the two disengagements. But in a, in a windup situation, pitchers just going to have to go with it, you know. And, and I can see where that could be in a critical moment. You know, you're, you're between a rock and a hard place having to make a bad decision. Do I take a ball, give up count leverage, or make a pitch that I'm not certain that I want to throw? That's a that's a lose-lose right there. So he was dealing with that. I think he said that affected his changeup today because he never really felt comfortable taking enough time to get the right grip. Um, but those are things that will work out. The best thing news was he was he was pumping that stuff, man. He, he looked like himself. How hard was he throwing a couple of years ago before he got hurt? Right, he was ninety four. Right around, he was ninety four, ninety five. Yep. But I mean, early on when he first came up, he's, he could get ninety six, mm-hmm. and he could occasionally get ninety six, ninety seven when the adrenaline was pumping. But um, he's he pretty much since ninety four, ninety five. So he's right back where he was, and then with that nasty movement. Well, you talked to Spencer today as well as manager AJ Hinch. Here's what AJ Hinch had to say about his early impressions of Spencer Turnbull. So what was your, uh, I mean, it looks impressive to us the way Turnbull was throwing. Today. Oh, yeah. But I know what it's, I know where we are, but it looked good. Yeah, so I, I think you're, physically, he looks um, 
in a really good place. I, I think I think today was more mentally for him to get out of rehab and out of the, the buildup and the curiosity. He's never done a rehab stint where you sweat that much. You don't have Javi and uh, Meadows and guys in the in the in the batter's box. So like the mental I didn't want to call it a hurdle, I just a mental uh, step forward. Um, where you feel like a player again, yeah. and, and it's fun to see him smile. And I think he was really happy, and irregardless of the stuff, and the stuff was really good. Spencer, you know that's the thing. You know, people kind of forgot about him. I mean, I kind of did a little bit last year. You know, he's been gone a while, um, but if he can find it again, and, and if he's healthy, it's a big boost to this pitching staff. I mean, he, he did throw a no hitter. Yeah, <laughs> he's got pretty good stuff. He's got um, really good stuff. Yeah, he was just that, come into his own. Mm-hmm. But that's all part of the that's all part of the the whole mystery, you know. Like, yeah, he's a great pitcher. He has not pitched in 19 months. How yeah. far can he go? How long can he go? All five starters that had minimal workloads last year than from what they're used to. So that's why we're talking so much about Bo Brisky and Garrett Hill and Joey Wentz and all these guys who may be stepping into either swing roles while they while they ease the ramp in for the starting pitchers. Like these guys aren't going more than five innings for the first three or four starts. I don't feel like unless, you know, we get in that situation where it's a no-hitter or something. But even then, they're going to be really judicious about how much they let those starting pitchers go early in the season, trying to get them through to the end of the season, you know, so they're good in September. So what is the rotation? The rotation, and you're going to love this, it's Mr. Eduardo Rodriguez, okay. Michael Lorenzen, who pitched today. Okay. And, and I'm telling you, that dude is an athletic specimen on the mound. Uh, Matthew Boyd, Spencer Turnbull, and Matt Manning. That's That's the five. And then Brisky Wentz, Garrett Hill, these guys, these guys are right on their heels. So basically, I don't know Lorenzen's workload last year, but basically the other four um, had their, you know, didn't pitch full seasons, I guess. Lorenzen too. Lorenzen missed two months of shoulder okay. injury. So the entire rotation then was was yep. was down in innings last year or didn't pitch at all in the case of Turnbull. There's some quality arms there. You know, I've argued that, you know, there's there's some there's some talent in the pitching staff here. Um, I I know that fans didn't get the guys they wanted maybe this off season, but you know, do they ever though? Let's no, be honest. No, do they, they ever. Were, well, they were happy. <laughs> well, they were happy last off season because fans like to see an owner throw money at it. But yeah, you know, I was talking to some people on Twitter today, and again, we talked about this in the last podcast that you couldn't expect Scott Harris to come in and just start spending money. I mean, if you're going to do it the right way, I mean, you got to come in methodically, work your way up from top to bottom in the front office, as well as the personnel and your rosters and players and everything else that fans don't even think about, you know? And uh, Well, that's great point there because he has spent money. He'll let you spend money, a ton yeah, of money right? Spent on, on, the int- on, on the infrastructure of the team. Well, let's talk and about that. Small well, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Mike, or Mike Illich, here we go. Chris Illich, Mike's <laughs> son, was, uh, was made his uh, – uh, p- annual pilgrimage to Lakeland, Florida this week. Didn't speak to the media, as I understand, but uh, did, did speak to, obviously spent some time with Scott Harris, did speak to the team from what you reported at DetroitNews.com. I guess, what were some of the highlights there? I hear he, he bought a new plane or is, he's got a new plane for him. Uh, what what were the highlights of yeah. the, Chris Illich well, the, meeting with the team? The, the players were like, he, normally he, he comes every year. He talks to the right. team every year. And normally it's not, it's, there's nothing. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's it's cool to see him. You know, this year he was he had to, from Mad Boy to, to Spencer Turnbull to a bunch of guys. They were there. He he was pretty fired up, and he got them fired up. You know, yeah, he said he's going to upgrade the plane, and that's all good and fine. The player, the, the team plane was was old, and they had to they had to make a lot of gas stops to get across the country. 
which is sub suboptimal. Every and, time and we talk up, about every time we talk about old team plays, I envision like major league with the duct tape <laughs> on the wing. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't quite that bad. It wasn't quite that bad. But you know, like but and that, where, where that, the one player said, I wonder if there are any stewardess, and the other guy says, I don't know if there are any pilots. <laughs> it's anyway, not what you want. No, no, that's what I that's what I think of when I think of an old team play. <laughs> I think the Tigers were a little bit better off than that. They are hundred percent. But but no, I mean that got a lot of the, the, the that brought a lot of attention. Oh, you know, I got here. I could hear the fans in my head when when that when when they were talking about the new plane. Yeah. And they said, "Well, you can't buy a third baseman, but you can buy a plane." And I, and like I get I get how fans could say that, but it's separate budgets, it's separate things. And what 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 doesn't get enough um, respect or or isn't appreciated enough from the outside is the money that they put in to the infrastructure in terms of the data, the tech, the biomechanics stuff that they're doing, the coaches, they, the whole developmental system has been upgraded and overturned. And, and, you know, it, the resources, I was talking to Matt Whistler today and he's talking about, you know, this meta ball, meta ball system that they're doing and all these different techniques and tools that they didn't have last year. I talked to Will Vest yesterday. Will Vest said, you know, he, he wore down horribly at the end of last year. And the stuff that is in place now with Robin Lund, who's a biomechanic expert, a former professor who's now in, is part of the pitching department here, you know, he can break stuff down. He can see the slightest bit of where fatigue shows up on, on through the biomechanics, and they can they can correct stuff sooner. If he'd have known that last year, maybe he didn't have those two bad months. You know, they kind of sent his, made his uh, season look worse than it really was. And they got all this stuff in place now that they didn't have before. They were so we didn't realize because we were in it how far behind they we knew they were behind, but they were so far behind. And now they're they're back up in into the top tier of this stuff now. And I, you know, maybe it doesn't make a huge, huge difference right away, but incrementally it's gonna make a lot of difference. And if a lot of these guys can make just incremental improvements across the board, the team is gonna be better. And you build, you know, up from there. You know, we, we poo-poo analytics a lot of times, you know, we say that's ah, just information. But yeah, it is information, but it's it's you know this season is going to be a test for AJ Hinch because there's 13 position players and there's going to be a lot of mix and match. There's like six players who are going to play regularly. We feel like and they're even they're going to move around a lot. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching. Well, with the data that they have now, it's not just about righty lefty splits. You know, it goes so much deeper that it's it's a pitch shape versus swing plane. You know, you can match up your shape against a swing plane that you know can't hit that can't hit that certain location of that pitch. Hot zones, cold zones. You know, it's, it's, you know, a lot of times, you know, we used to talk about pitchers reading hitters and they could read hitters. And it took a long time for veteran pitchers to figure out how to read a hitter and know the swings. Well, this, with the, what the information and the data that they have now, it's like having a calculator in math class. You know, you, you can do the, you can do the calculations right away and you go into the game with it as a, as opposed to trying to figure it out. It's, it's so much ahead of where they were even one, two years ago um, that it's, it's incremental. But at the same time, you pile up these incremental improvements across the board, and, and it has to have it has to pay dividends. It's just it, it's it's logical to think that it would. So yeah, I, I I know nobody wants to hear it, but he put a lot of money into the right things in this, and then eventually, maybe you know we'll, we'll see what happens with who they get in, in terms of buying big free agents or whatever. But this is what Tampa does. This is what you know Atlanta has done. This, right, is, this right. is what some of these markets have done. To, to sustain their success. Right. And the Tigers are in a position to do that now, finally. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I would push back a little bit on Tampa and that, you know, I think that a happy medium between where the Tigers were under Mike Illich and somewhere between there and Tampa would probably be where they are. I don't think they're, you know, cause they're not a poor team. Uh, but the, the, the science stuff and all that, what I'm really interested in, and I know that this was talked about last year and some people downplayed it and some people didn't. I'm very curious to see how this team's health holds up this year. Uh, because it would seem like one injury after another, particularly the pitchers last year. And I'm I'm gonna be fascinated to see if that if if this new science has anything to do with that as well. So, well it, it should. I, I mean, mean, right? Yeah. I mean if you if you have the biometric data that shows when you're fatiguing and, and how to correct that and you know it's the slightest thing. Yeah. You know, it's you can you notice all of a sudden the arm the arm angle drops a little bit or the yeah. something's wrong with the shapes. All these things they, they read automatically now and they're reading every Everything you throw, every session you throw, they're getting reads on this stuff. So I think they're going to be quicker to to spot things, mm-hmm. quicker to shut guys down, so that that it doesn't become a full blown injury. Um, I mean, that's the whole point of this. So they brought in Robin Lund. They brought in. They changed the, the the strength and conditioning departments. They they've rearranged the medicals in the way they the way they're doing things that way. There's new developmental concepts. They say. Um, so it's it's all new. It's a whole new world in in every sense of that word that phrase yeah it's scott harris's world and we're just living in it Uh, (laughs) we're trying to figure it out yeah well that's interesting you know that i think one reason people don't want to hear about this stuff i think they're i think more and more baseball fans obviously are interested in analytics uh, and they're interested in this kind of stuff but we also were sold when alavio took over for dave dombrowski that oh you know, we're going to fix analytics. Dave Dombrowski didn't care about that, but we're going to hire a person or two, you know, and, and build well, an analytics department. And we were sold that and then come to find out they really didn't do a whole lot. Much. They didn't invest what they should have in, well, that, in that effort. I, I don't know. I, I You know, Al, Al did. Al put it. Al set it in motion. Right. Al took it as far as Al could take it. And the problem was it, it was developing and growing the Tigers were so far behind right, right. that they couldn't catch up. Right. It took, it's taken until now to catch up. And I, I will credit Al. He, he did he did put a lot of these things in place. It just – Al always had one foot into the old school and one foot into the new school. With Harris here now, both feet are firmly into the new school, if that's how you want to characterize it. Right. No, I felt like, yeah, I think, you know, with Al, it was a dog being taught new tricks, an old dog being taught new tricks. And I think that he had to embrace the analytics – but you know he wasn't going to ditch his 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 strength of which he grew up in the old school scouting world. So I get it, um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, well, scouting is still a big part of it, though. No, no, like, no, I, I, no, I, I, no. It it is. It, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying that it's it's much more of a marriage now uh, between right. the two. Whereas you know, like it's the scene at the beginning of Moneyball, right, with the old scouts, you know, yeah. saying you know who would rather put stock into how good looking a, a player's girlfriend is rather than you know analytics you know because that gives him yeah. confidence you know that that scene that's what i think of when i think i think that's what a lot of people think of when they think of scouting obviously that's huge or they wouldn't have scouting departments they just have computers running this thing and it's never going to get to that point um, no, we, we're still that's still a human game yeah and you can you can put all the numbers down you want it, it guys are still human and that that human element changes some of the this is this is another conversation i had with another pitcher today Chase and Shreve, a veteran guy who's trying to trying to make the team on a non-roster. Um, he's been he gets cut every year. Every year he has a decent season and he gets released every year. And the reason is because partly because the analytics say 
you're just a triple-A pitcher. And yet in the big leagues, he's getting guys out year after year after year. But the analytics say, well, you shouldn't be. But you are, but you shouldn't be. You know, it's like that whole argument, well, you're hitting 300, but you're only walking 2% of the time. Yeah, but I'm hitting 300. Well, yeah. it's not sustainable. You're not walking enough. See, that that there, there has to be that scout, that human, the, the old school manager type eye on that to, to kind of say, listen, in the, in, in the game, we still – we still like the guy that gets two hits and four bats. Right, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, that's there's still value there in the guy that gets two hits and four bats, regardless of what the projective numbers and the predictive numbers might say. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, you've seen some guys in action. Is there anybody that's caught you by surprise a little bit over the last day or two as we head into Grapefruit League games this weekend? Not caught me by surprise so much. And and I always hesitate. Like I a couple of years ago, I would I would be tweeting out and like reacting to a lot of stuff I see in the live BPs and that, but I don't do, I didn't have it done at the this year because, you know, ultimately it doesn't matter. It's, it's how they play, you know, against other teams pitching and it's the first week, right. but Akil Badu's swing is noticeably freer. He, he looks tremendous. Um, he's, he's whacking the ball all over the place. Even last year at this time, I, I looked and I think, man, something's up with him. He didn't look right. He wasn't, Making any yeah. he put putting putting a barrel on the ball at all, even in, in regular BP. There's another guy year. that some people have kind of forgotten about a little bit. Well, they should, so, you know. Yeah, the, he, you know, he hasn't made the team. Right. I mean, no, he, no, he, I know. he's in a. There's a big fight with him and Kerry Carpenter, um, and how they're going to do that. If Veerling's going to be out there, is Veerling going to be on the infield or both? Or because because I know that that AJ doesn't want to keep four left-handed hitting outfield only outfielders. Mm. So maybe Kerry Carpenter is a is a DH with Miggy, and they keep the three other guys, the other three left-handed hitters, because Austin Austin Meadows is going to be in right field, Riley Green's in center, both left-handed hitters. So that leaves Kerry in a in Badu, kind of for that left field with Veerling, the right-handed hitter, moving all around, you know, for matchup reasons. So it's uh, <laughs> he he's he looks Keel looks really really good. I'm telling you, he looks strong, he looks fast, he looks happier than last year. He, he got. That's you know, huge. he was struggling so bad he got he got down in the down in the spirits. No, he lost he he totally lost confidence last year. There was no question. Yeah. And uh it showed and it, not just in his play, but in his demeanor, in his interviews, even I think it showed sometimes. It was tough. You it know? was tough, man. He and, he even waved us off a few times yeah. last year. Now that's totally not like him. Yeah. So uh it'll be interesting to see what he can do. Um who's in the best shape of their life? Let's hear that. Uh, Let's get that. I go in there. I go in there. That's one of my What about you? Are you in the are you in the best shape of your life? I have never <laughs> been in good shape, Tony. Thank you. I didn't ask about good shape, the best shape of your life. <laughs> everyone everyone <laughs> at some point is in the best shape of their life. <laughs> no, I'm not. That was about 30 years ago. I feel. All right. Um, Grapefruit League games coming up this weekend. Who's pitching? What are we looking for? Yeah, this is going to be on, you know, I'm kind of expecting him to go Eduardo first and then go right down the rotation. But because of like we talked about earlier, the slow ramp for the five starters, uh, Garrett Hill's going to start Saturday. Eduardo is is actually going to stick. Eduardo is ahead because of the WBC, mm. so he got an earlier start. He's he's a couple bullpens ahead of, of most guys. He's going to start game two, and then Bo Brisky is going to start on Monday. I think that's the Yankee game Monday night in Tampa. So um, and they're, they're going to kind of ease those other guys in, and the, the whole thing is like like I said, even even into the into April, it's going to be slow go with the five starters, five innings probably max. I, I wonder if they're going to at some point think about a six-man rotation too, just to kind of spread that out more. He's not talking about it. he's not talking about it yet. It's not a thing yet, but I could see where that would be appealing to them 
to kind of save some of these innings in April, May, because you got though you got Brisky. Brisky looks really good too. Brisky's bringing it. Um, he's 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 got a better feel for his, his uh, spin, his slider and curveball. Um, so I, they got these guys, and, and and today Joey Wentz was really impressive, really impressive. Um, putting his uh, off speed pitches over the plate, which makes his fastball. Oh, that's the key. Lethal. Joey Wentz so, is Joey Wentz has a great arm. There's no question. Joey Wentz has a great arm. If he can throw strikes or get get it around the plate, he he's a weapon. But he hasn't. He if hasn't he gets ahead in the counts, right, right. Yeah, they got some arms. I think so that, six, I think a six man rotation is interesting, especially when you've got a whole rot- rotation of guys who didn't pitch last year or didn't pitch much last year or were, didn't pitch a half a season last year. Um, I think that's yeah, no, I, I think you're going to have to you're going to have to do that at some point. Yeah. Um, they do have a lot of days off early, so maybe that would preclude them from doing it right out of the gate. But um, but I think at some point that's going to be because I got to believe I don't know how. See, these guys are smarter. Like they, they know how they would like. I don't even know how you'd work in if you kept two of those guys. Like they kept Brisky and Hill, and you're gonna you're gonna want to throw them in three inning bursts right. somewhere. You know how? Like how? Did, so they got to sit for two or three days after that. Mm-hmm. How did, it, it, it gets tricky to me, but that's why uh, Chris Fetter and AJ and them get get paid all the get paid all the dollars. Right. Yeah. You and I not so much. Not so um, much. Oh, really quickly before we we wrap this and let you get back out onto the beach in uh, in Florida, um, uh, let, let's just go over these really quickly. New rules. The uh, let's let's hammer through these really quickly. The, uh, the bases are bigger. Does it matter? Do we care? It, it matters a little bit. Yeah, I mean that's that's four and a half inches between bases. Mm-hmm. It, it matters. Like uh, I was watching them do running drills today, and you know, do you st- still step on the inside part? They were today. They're still stepping on that inside part. Um, think about. Think about stealing second base now. How far away now guys can slide away from the tag That's and reach true. back. There's, you know, it's closer to. So it it will impact it. It will mm-hmm. definitely impact it. The pitch clock. When I heard about this, you know, a few years ago, I hated the idea because I've always I'm a baseball purist at heart. I love I love the fact that there's no clock um, in baseball. But more and more, when you see what it did in the minor leagues last year, cutting down these game times as much as they did. I guess I'm kind of in favor of it. You know? I just, I just think they can't be. I wish, I hope they're more like football. You know, where the the the, the play clock gets down, and it always seems like it goes three, two, one, zero, and they give there's that is an extra beat before they call the penalty. I, I hope it's not. It's not going to be like so punitive that in a minute it, it gets under one, they're gonna they're gonna call the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's. I think everybody will adjust to it eventually. But I thought Turnbull made some good points today about not being able if you're in the windup. And you have to shake once or twice. You're going to have to make a hard decision. You know, you're going to have to make it to either take the ball, give up count leverage, or throw a pitch that you're not convicted on, and that that could be trouble. Well, each pitcher gets what they get to step off twice, right? No, not in the windup. You don't get to step off at all. Really? In the windup, yeah. Because in the stretch, you do. You get two disengagements in in the stretch with right. a runner on base, where you get 20 seconds with a runner on base, right. 15 in the, in the, with nobody on base. So and that's a problem. That's going to cost some things too. That, right. Because runners will bait these guys into step offs. Right. Yeah, the, good, the good runners will. And you get you get to the you use up those two two disengagements, and then you 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 also have to make some some decisions as a pitcher. Yeah. Well, that's where um, that's where it has the potential to really alter the game. Um, as far as you use the two disengagements or whatever step offs, or then you know 
the runner knows where you're throwing the ball and he just has to look for your leg and, and the runner can yeah. take off. So that's going to be interesting to see how that works. Another new rule. Not sure I feel about this one because fans love to see position players pitch. Um, but now this year, new rule <laughs> and that uh, that's not going to be allowed. What if the visiting team is visiting team or the losing team has to be behind by at least 10 runs and the leading team has to be up by at least eight runs to pitch a pitcher and it can't have or pitch a position player and it can't happen before the ninth inning. Makes sense to you? It's the Harold Castro rule. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. You know, it, that, that's when you use them anyway most of the time. Yeah. And, you know, it'll keep the Tigers from losing a game to a position player like they did last year in Seattle. And then new with the Tigers this year, uh, we got new start times for weeknight day, uh, weeknight games, 6.40 p.m. instead of 7.10 p.m. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you love this rule, <laughs> this change. I'm going to say you are correct. <laughs> I think everybody loves this rule. It's, it's a wonderful thing. I'll tell you, with the new game time, 6.40 p.m. now for weeknight home games, and uh, that includes, I think that includes Friday night games, too. Um, so 6.40 is the new start time, and then with the pitch clock, man, you guys could be home and in bed by 10 o'clock. you got to be kidding me. You've done <laughs> this long enough. You know that's not going to happen. I'll take any I'll take any help I can get get my old butt home earlier. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well that was interesting. I like I kind of like that. And I think that uh, you know, I think that that's a plus. I think also I think the, the start time's a plus for the for the families, I think. And you know That was not, the point of it. Yeah. yeah. You're not getting, you know, you're not, you know, if you live 45 minutes from downtown Detroit and you, you know, a game starts at 7 10 and it's a long game and who knows extra innings and you know, you might not get home till eleven thirty midnight. And I think this is good. I don't think it, you know, rushes anyone to the ballpark by pushing it up a little bit. So nobody comes to the third inning anyway. Come on now. <laughs> they're trying to find free parking. That's the thing. <laughs> Good luck <for> that. <laughs> That's what they're doing. So all right. Uh well that'll do it for this episode of Tigers Today, the second episode of the podcast. We'll keep you going throughout spring training. We'll be back maybe next week to see after Chris has seen a couple games. In the meantime, check out Chris's work at DetroitNews.com. He's got you covered. Tons of stuff, good stuff every day. Anal anal analysis, news, you got it. And uh, check him out on Twitter, too, Chris McCoskey. Check me out on Twitter, Tony Paul 1984 Until then, Chris, let you get to the beach. We'll talk again next week. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> All right, bye. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.